Welcome to The Jury Is Out, a podcast for trial attorneys who want to sharpen their skills and better serve their clients. Your co-hosts are John Simon, founder of The Simon Law Firm, Tim Cronin, personal injury trial attorney at The Simon Law Firm, and St. Louis attorney Eric Veith. Welcome to another episode of The Jury Is Out. I'm Eric Veith. I'm John Simon. We're back with Angela Lewis, legal administrator for The Simon Law Firm. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay, here's a, a struggle that I've had in the past, not with you, obviously we didn't work together, but occasionally someone from on high will tell me what software to use as an attorney. And I have some very strong feelings about what works best for me. Mm-hmm. So how is that process? To, do, do attorneys have a choice of some software or none of it? Or how, how does that work here? We have one document management software, and, and when we got that software, it, it's a vetting process because I need to have secretaries look at, the paralegals look at, the attorneys look at, and, and we looked at various softwares because everybody works differently. Everybody wants to work differently. Everybody's used to, Everybody doesn't necessarily like change, so having that buy-in, especially when you're going to a larger shift in software, is great. The IT person does not like managing all of the various different softwares and, and plugins and all of that thing. So we're pretty standard here in terms of um, how we operate in terms of our IT structure and what software we have and don't have. So do you have this a standard like a, a Microsoft word processing package? Or, mm-hmm. and, and we do. And the, the complete, like the highest level Adobe suite um, for our OCRing, we have an OCR process with through our copier system and then our document management software. Since we're on the topic, is there, is there anything in the, in recent years that works really well that you'd like to give a shout out that here's, here's software that we were, we're really happy we figured this out and everyone's happy with it? No, because quite frankly, I think we're going to move from our document management <laughs> system as soon as we move <laughs> next year. I think that's already, those talks are already in the works. So, no. Well, and things things are, Ch- you know, change so, so fast that uh, I think whatever we're investing in now in, in, you know, 24 months will be obsolete, will be, you know, be the next thing coming along. Yeah, there's a, I I remember in in the past with other firms that there comes a moment where they realize, oh, this package, it was a mistake to get into this package, but you're kind of all in. Yeah. And it's hard to get out of it, to get into another another package. What I find hard too, and this is not for everybody, is we're a plaintiff's firm. We, We operate in accounting software different. We, we don't do the billable hour. So some of the the softwares that are out there are really driven by the defense firm versus a plaintiff's firm. So that's what we struggle with, with in terms of the process and procedures there as well, too. This is a, an especially big topic with your firm, I know, because you we, we've had a number of podcasts on this topic of marketing. Tell us what your role in the marketing process. I'm, I'm kind of behind the scenes, right? John is very active on, on the marketing side in terms of directing what we do. The podcast, quite frankly, was an idea that came like popped up shortly after I was here and, and it never came into fruition. So I started the podcast. So I was the one that, that got that moving. But it's a lot of moving parts with the the marketing department. It's the website, it's socials, it's press releases, it's getting things out timely, but it's also on brand. We have to think about what our brand looks like and what we want to say as well too. What what is your brand? What how how does how do you want the world to see the firm? You know, excellent work. I think that's been our, our our banner since day one. Is, I mean, if if you know, that's the most important thing to me is is the quality of work that we do. I mean, if we're going to be known for anything, I would want to be known for, you know, whatever matter we're handling or case or whatever it is, you know, if, you know, with our name, just associated with our name, that we you know that we we, we do excellent work consistently is is I think. 
you know, the, the most important thing. And I think that really drives everything else. We do litigation, plaintiff's litigation, but it's kind of spread out. It's not, you know, we're not marketing just for personal injury cases or product cases. A lot of plaintiff's firms are more known for one type of, you know, one type of personal injury case than others. So, you know, there are firms, for instance, that do almost exclusively product stuff or automotive product stuff. And you need to be a certain size and have a, enough resources to, you know, to be, be more spread out. But I think it's just, you know, bottom line is good quality work consistently, I think. Before I joined you back in 2013, I didn't know much about your firm as far as size. And I assumed from your marketing efforts that your firm was two or three times bigger than it was. And when I came here, I realized that the, the, the power of marketing, because the firm I came from did almost none. And it just makes a huge difference to let the world know what you do. And it, is, it, it really affects how people see. You know, I think a big thing for, for us, most of our business still is referrals. And, and that's, you know, at one point it was 90, you know, it was 90% or more. I don't know if it's that high now, but it's, 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 it's the most, the vast majority. And I think a big part of, you know, of the marketing isn't, it is sort of indirect marketing. And that is getting involved in the legal community. And that's something that I've always done from, you know, from day one, the other lawyers here, you can, you know, we're, we're very involved and I, and I really haven't had to push the, the attorneys here for the most part. And I think part of it is the firms that I started with, I saw that firsthand and it was just something I thought, you know, it's part of what we do. It's, it's who we are. You know, you need to join, you know, BAMSL and, and, you know, join MATA and get, get in, get involved. And over the years here, I mean, even right now, if you pick it today, even, you know, we're it, the, the involvement by the individual attorneys is is over the top. I mean, it really is over the top for the size of the firm that we have. Um, I think is isn't uh, you know even at le- like leadership positions in different legal organizations. Amy's and president of Matt. Amy, right? Amy's president of Matt currently, and is 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 Elizabeth L.A. Yes. president. Yes. You know it's and and you know it's kind of the list goes on, but also not just joining the organizations, but you know spearheading CLEs, getting involved with legal services, things like that. And I didn't start out doing that because I thought, well, you know, if I do this, we're going to get, uh, you know, we're going to get a case or something from somebody. I, I, I did it because I've always felt it's the kind of thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like growing up. It's what my family did. And, you know, it was getting involved with something that you just did. And, and that really probably has had as much to do with our success marketing as, as you know, as anything else. You know, it's just the involvement. And it's, just all, it's all about relationships. You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you can sit at your desk and, and be the best brief writer in the world. And if that's all you're doing is sitting at your desk, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of briefs to you know, to write. Uh, you need to get out there and, and develop relationships. Also, you know, like cross-referrals. The vast majority of cases that come our way, or the vast majority of cases out there, we don't handle. You know, we don't really pretty much don't do... You know, we don't do any criminal stuff. We don't do any, like, estate planning, probate. It's a very, you know, we know a whole lot about a very narrow area of practice. You know, the litigation stuff, commercials, some, you know, personal injury, product liability. And so, you know, that's an opportunity, too. You know, when, when we get things in, and part, part of it, too, is when somebody calls you, I always feel good about not just telling them, you know, no, we can't, we can't do it, but getting them to somebody that we know does that and is going to do a really good job. And so you're kind of fulfilling both, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're helping the person that's calling, but you're also, 
you know, keeping somebody in mind on the on the referral end. You know, it's just like the DNA of 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 some firms, and I think this one that you know everybody seems to be involved, and and you know maybe without even being aware of it, we sort of look for and and, and attract, you know, try to get people who we know are going to be a little bit more, you know, be involved in the community. So, you know, this is an in- industry that invites conflict in, in the sense that you're, you're advocates against another side or, or you, you have to get something done, maybe even with a vendor or whatever. There's, there's going to be times where you need something and they don't want to give it or vice versa. And, John, I adopted your, your phrase. You, you phrased it as it's all about relationships. And it seems like it's especially important right now. And, you know, we're seeing more and more problems with cancel culture, which seems to be the opposite of where, you, you know, something doesn't work out and you go, hell with you, go yeah. your separate way. And it's, it seems like a really nice mantra just to remind yourself. I know that I've, I've seen you navigate your way through various situations where you where you, you told me. You said, that, you know, here's the reason I did it. It's all about the real Long term. Right. Right. Then never think short term. Think mm-hmm. long term. You know, one of the things, and this happens, this has happened to me dozens of times. You know, I'll go to a deposition, meet a young lawyer, older lawyer who maybe I know of but don't really know. Spend some time. To, I always like talking to people. Spend some time talking to them. I had a case. A couple of years ago, maybe with Joe, and you, you might know Joe Blanton, the attorney. Um, and he, we we tried a case. It was a two or three week case, and it was in 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 mid Missouri. And I I had known him, and I don't know if I had I had spoken to him, but we tried the case. He's on the other side, and I I just enjoyed spending time with him. We we have you know similar interests. We were talking about uh, you'll like this history, philosophy, you know. And I know you're you know you, you and I share the interest in philosophy, and so during the breaks and 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 that we were talking a little bit. Got to know each other pretty well. He beat me. I lost the case, you know. And uh, and after the case, about a week or two, or maybe it was a month later, I get a book in the mail, and it's a, a really nice philosophy book that he had sent me. And you know, we've continued to stay in touch. And but again, that's just that's one of many. And and you know, it's it it makes it makes it more you know satisfying. You know, it makes your life richer. And you know, you're not just doing it to get a paycheck or doing it to advance the case. And, and on our end, I mean, as a practical matter, how does that not help? It, it helps you get referrals. It helps you get business. And, you know, we don't bill by the hour. You know, we want to get things done. <laughs> so I don't want to spend, you know, half of my time fighting over, you know, motions to compel and all of this dis- discovery stuff. You know, I'd rather just, you know, get the information we need and go in, and, and try the case. So I think a lot of those things aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of planned a little bit, but they're not, you know, they're not structured. You know, they're just, it, it's more of who you are and your, you know, how, how you deal with people. It's, it's also personally, I was going to say satisfying, but it might be protective of your ability to function in the world to, to like to come to work. And the main reason you yeah. might like to come to work is that you're thinking, I like the people I work with. I like my opponents. And I know, John, we've talked about this before. When I was on either the defense side or, or the plaintiff side, I pick up friends on the other side of the aisle, and a lot of people that, who are not lawyers have trouble believing that. Like, why would you ever get along with it? Why would you, after you, yeah. why don't you just lost the case, why would you go out the door and be shaking hands and saying, hey, let's, let's meet for a beer next week? If you don't have that, it seems like you're losing a great opportunity to live a fulfilling life. Grab me with the younger lawyers and talk to them about promotional stuff, marketing, professional development, do it on a regular basis. I'm happy to do it, you know, in any time, any, any, any place that, that somebody wants to talk to me about it. And my, my sense is everybody does it a little bit to a certain extent. Everybody's got ideas, right? 
And it's the executing those ideas. I mean, we'll sit down and have a marketing <laughs> meeting and somebody new will come in and say, what about this and this? And we go, yeah, yeah, we thought about that 15 times before, but we've never gotten around to actually implementing it. And, and that's really what you need to do is you need to not have so many ideas that, you know, everybody's time is limited and especially the attorneys. We talk about website stuff, right? Yeah. And in the old days, we tried to get lawyers, you know, attorneys to write stuff. And, you know, that's never going to happen. I mean, it's just never going to happen. So, Angela, let me ask you this. If, if, you know, and I think some of, some of our listeners might be at, at, at firms, you know, with 200 lawyers or three or smaller firms or somebody starting out. If, if I'm at a firm, and let's say there are 10, 10 attorneys at that firm, maybe 10 attorneys, 10 staff people, uh, and we're, we're getting to the point where we're big enough for a full-time administrator. What, what do you look for? What are the two or three qualities or traits that, that you think should be at the top of the list in terms of hiring an administrator for, for a, you know, a, a 10 to 20 person firm? I don't think you necessarily have to come from the legal industry. I did not. You can learn. Um, but it's probably nice to have some legal background. I think the person needs to be flexible, right? Flexible because no day is the same. But even if you plan on doing things, know that you might have to modify what you were doing anyway. So having being flexible and not being upset by it, you have to have thick skin. I was just thinking that. <laughs> thick skin. I think you have to have it on, on all avenues, right? I feel like I'm stuck in the middle sometimes, right? Because I, I lean very heavily in, in wanting to support and in some senses protect the staff, right? And, and to get what they need. But then on some on the other side, I want to do what is right by you and the firm and running the company line. So there's a lot, lot, lot that goes on in between that as well, too. But so having thick skin... So you can deal with all the different sides and the different personalities and some things that come out of people's mouths that they may or may not need, mean that day. And it's not, it's not for you to take that personally at that, at that moment. As you say that, I'm thinking of the importance of creativity because you're stuck between sometimes yeah. two people that require the things. And everyone's looking at you to figure out it's okay, a del- how do we solve this. Well, it's a negotiation some days. Some days I feel like it's a negotiation. It's a delicate dance to... I know, right? We, we've talked about what we know, what the final outcome is. Sometimes it doesn't look the same and then we, we ultimately get there, but I'm always looking. I know what we, where we need to get to. Sometimes it doesn't look the same given the individuals and the circumstances. I'd add one more thing to your list. Okay. A sense of humor. Yeah. If not, you're going you're gonna to be crying if, right. if not, right? Um, sense of humor, key, very key. You have a background in managing defense firms and plaintiff firms. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a take a shot at talking about the, the, the differences? Well, the biggest difference is I had 15 bosses there versus one. So that was the biggest, that was one of the biggest things. And the almighty billable hour, right? We don't build time here. So I don't have that process and procedure of getting time in and getting invoices out the door and, and, and that kind of, that, that consumes a lot of people's time. But the biggest thing that I experienced when I was at a defense firm versus a plaintiff's firm was having um, multiple owners and multiple directions to go in on most days. You mentioned in your suggestions about the the budget. The budget's a a lot different potentially. Yeah. Well, so in a billable hour firm, you can budget, right? Because it's, you, you can look historically what you build in a particular month. You can look historically with, if you have X amount of people and you have X amount of clients, you can kind of multiply that out in terms of what that looks like. So yes, you're absolutely right. It's easier to budget and see uh, and to plan out in the future. 
not so easy in a plaintiff's firm. You can look at cases, but what happens if you lose those cases that, so the budget or, is- or you know what, you can have a spectacular result at trial and you just bought yourself two years worth in the appellate courts, you know? So, so again, yeah, it's, it's like kind of like a roller coaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, with my financial advisor, they say every year, well, how much are you going to make this year? Like, like is when you, when you have larger numbers, like you've got what a dozen attorneys here, Thirteen. It, it'll it'll balance out a little bit. Sure. If someone do, what doesn't do so well, someone else might do better. And well, like, I think John is established enough that we're on a good cadence where we can predict and we we can know what's coming in seven years from now based on the inventory that we have now. And I think there's enough cadence that in history that you can look at that. And we have to be mindful of the budget every day in a plaintiff's firm. Every day we have to think about what we're going to do or what we're going to plan for. There's no way you can do this in forty hours a week what you're describing no sir what, what's your guess about what, what it takes to do <laughs> what you do on an, on a typical i know she's she's in on call 24 7 all the time so if i would say a number i probably fall between 50 and 60 hours a week so if someone's thinking about going into law firm administration what advice would you have as far as let's say they know nothing about it other than it's the person who does hr type things maybe just someone with a very superficial understanding mm-hmm. of what all this means right and they're thinking about doing this work, what should they be prepared to discover as they really get into it that they it might not be apparent from the coursework or just from a general description of the job? I mean, I have deadlines too, right? I have to meet deadlines in terms of payroll every two weeks. I have deadlines on the insurances. I have deadlines when when the attorneys are in trial and making sure that the support is there and that things are happening when they're not in the office because they are in trial. And, and we're there quite a bit that that's that's always a concern every week. So that is why those hours are put in because sometimes my role is dependent on what is going on in the firm that week or that month where I, I may have an influx, but I, I too have deadlines and things that I am responsible for as well to make sure that are done. And if it's not getting done during the day, guess what? It's being done um, after I eat dinner at night and it's a little quiet in my house. So I'm, I'm gonna give you the irresistible force versus immovable object scenario. You gotta have this attorney doing this thing, whatever it is, you gotta have it, it's gotta be done tomorrow. And the attorney goes, I can't get it done because I got this. So I assume this comes up where you gotta have it done. And what what's your best approach when it just, you know the person is flooded with work and you gotta have something done. How, how do you deal with this? I operate proactively than reactively. So I already know it's coming. So I already know personalities and how to plan for those contingencies or maybe a plan B, because sometimes it's a plan B or a C or a D, and, and to know that that's coming. Inevitably, that's coming. And, and how to pivot when I have to. It's difficult for me and I think for a lot of people to step out of the normal routine when it's intense to say to themselves, I need to step back and think about how to do better things in better ways in the long-term future. Uh, do you have schedule sessions where you, you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step back periodically and think about maybe our IT or how we do things or how the office is set up? Or do you have moments where you force yourself to think long-term rather than the, the short-term stuff that you normally deal with? I think I always have that, that long-term picture on, but I think sometimes it's when problems arise and you're like, I don't want to do that again. Uh, well, yeah. What does that look like the next time that happens? And how are we going to plan that that doesn't happen that way again? Sometimes we get caught where it happens twice and you're like, we got, we can't keep doing this. So it's, it's that time where you sit down and you pull the necessary people in. Sometimes it's driven by staff. I had a, 
a software medical records thing the other day that someone realized that there was a new component to that software mechanism where all everything was going into one portal, that there was a new software. She took it upon herself to learn that software, created a process and procedure, and now we're going to do training next week with the entire staff on how to do that process and procedure. Based upon all your good work, sometimes third parties from the outside issue awards. And I was just noticing on your on your list, you this firm has been giving some accolades. Tell, tell us about some of those awards that you've so we, this is first time awards here for honorary women in the workplace. Um, we have won that every year that we started doing that. So that was pretty cool. We are very female heavy here and we're very female heavy in our attorney group, which sometimes is not noticed in other law firms. We have great maternity leave policies. We have flexibility, which is which lends to having more women work here which is why we got that award. And we fill out a survey every year and let them know what our, our policies and our practice are. And and we've been able to get that accolade every year. Same thing. And the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, best places to work, that is driven by our, our employees. It's an anonymous survey that they fill out. They get a link from that agency and they fill that out. So that we is- We got that the last four years. Yeah, that is based on our employee feedback and, and not, so that, that says something right there too. So yeah. It's pretty exciting. to, And I think I won something there once, too, I think it looks like in 2020. You're being uh, a little modest. I got an HR award from the St. Louis Business Journal. Well-deserved. Yeah. One of five in the region. So thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been uh, a, a good conversation about something I didn't know enough about. We've been with Angela Lewis, legal administrator for the Simon Law Firm. Thank you so much for giving us your time and showing up for two episodes. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been another episode of The Jury Is Out. I'm Eric Beeth. I'm John Simon. We'll see you next time. The Jury Is Out is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. At the Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts with John, Tim, and Eric at comments at thejuryisout.law. And subscribe today, because the best lawyers never stop learning. <laughs>